Welcome back to Carlton's Corner, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, my name is Alex, and with me is our other co-host, Anthony, and together we're going to explore the highs, lows, and the unforgettable moments that make being a Leafs fan a lifelong journey. So for those of our, our hardcore fans out there, you guys will know we haven't came at you in a, a little while here. I think it's been about three weeks since our last episode. Uh, you can once again blame that on me. I got my wisdom teeth removed and was completely, not uncapable, but in a lot of pain talking last week. Uh, so we took an extra week off. And it's now been three weeks since our last episode. So, Anthony, how have the Leafs done since we last came at you? Uh, yeah, Alex, I think, uh, I, sorry, I want to start off by saying, you know, thank you for taking an Advil and so we can get through this. Um, I think <laughs> I think, I think, think our fans out there missed us, especially in that in that extra week that they've had to wait for the next episode. Um, but yeah, so our last episode released on November 28th before the game against the Florida Panthers. And um, let's just say at this point in time, on November 28th, the Leafs were 11th in goals for per game and were 22nd in goals against per game. So, you know, it was pretty like mediocre numbers, whatever. And before the two episodes ago, up until our last episode, they had a 2-3-0 record. Um, let's just say the tides have turned since that episode. Uh, maybe maybe it's a good thing that we've waited that extra week so we can get that that thrashing of the Penguins in there. Um, for this episode, I think that was a pretty entertaining game for us to watch. Um, but since our last episode on November 28th, the Leafs are currently now second in goals for per game at 3.64 and now at 17th in goals against per game at 3.18. So they've gone up tremendously in, in offense and goals for per game, uh, have gone up, but maybe not too much in the goals against per game still a little bit of work to do there um but only improvements since we've uh since our last episode and i must say they've gotten a point in every single game since our last episode because all their losses came in um overtime or the shootout so in that game against florida they ended up winning in a shootout 2-1 they beat the kraken the following game in a shootout 4-3 uh they end up losing to the bruins uh 4-3 in overtime and then have a couple regulation wins against the Senators and the Predators. Um, and then it was a pretty big game on December 11th uh, against the Islanders. I think everybody kind of knows what happened there with uh, John Tavares was two points away uh, from hitting 1,000 career points. And it felt like it was very fitting if he did hit that in Long Island uh, after obviously spending nine seasons there. Um and he did have a goal late in the second period, or I guess midway through the second period. And then he ended up hitting the 1,000 mark uh, with, what was it, six, seven seconds left to go in the game on the assist. Six seconds left yeah, in the game. On the assist on the game-tying goal by Morgan Riley. And obviously, the Leafs, I guess, somehow had clearance from the NHL to, to mob the ice when it did happen. And, and everybody <laughs> and everybody did mob the ice. And it was safe to say that the Islanders fans weren't too happy at that point in time. Um, but unfortunately, the Leafs did lose in overtime that game. So I guess the Islanders fans did go home happy. Um, and then since then, they had uh, a 7-3 to win against the Rangers uh, right after that game. Um also in New York, and then they came home, and unfortunately, it was kind of an unfortunate, un, sorry, unfortunate, or I guess you could take some good things away from that game. Um, they did lose to the Blue Jackets in overtime, 6-5, but that was a pretty big game considering they were losing 5 nothing at the end of the second period, um, 
and they scored five goals in the third period uh, with two by Matthews in the final minute 15. Um, and then obviously Kent Johnson scored that overtime winner to kind of end that comeback bid. And then uh, last night uh, on December 16, they just completely thrashed the Penguins. And and the only thing I thought of when Nylander scored that goal in the third period to make it 7 nothing was that the extra point was good. Yeah, I remember when uh, I think it was Gregor had a goal called back because he ran into Tristan. Or was was it Jari at that point, or was it Nadelkovic? Uh, I think it was Nadelkovic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he had his goal called back. I remember everyone in the group chat freaking out just because yeah. spoiler alert. I did not watch the game, which uh, we'll touch on in a few minutes. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so I didn't know anything that happened, and everyone's like, that should be a goal. So I just go, yeah. extra point, no good. <laughs> yeah, so Gregory was kind of just charging the net there, and uh, and I really don't know why it was called back, um, because he was clearly a foot ahead of Carlson, and uh, and I guess he kind of like flicked the puck in on uh, Najelkovic, and then Carlson ended up crashing into Najelkovic, and for whatever reason... Uh, they, they, the puck was clearly in the Leafs started celebrating and then the ref immediately waved it off. So I didn't understand why it was. I think it definitely should have been eight, nothing, but I mean, I don't think I can really complain with seven, nothing. No, no, just, uh, yeah. Us in the group chat saying they should go for two instead of the extra point mm-hmm. with, uh, how bad they were beating down the penguins. Um, but speaking of beat down, uh, this team has been pretty injured as of late, um, I want to say it was that Rangers game. They went 11 and seven because not only do they have injuries on the blue line, but then they were dealing with, I think that was the game Matthew Nyes was out or maybe that was Thursday. I could be wrong, uh, but they've been dealing with uh, the, in, the, not just injury, the bug, but bug. The, like, an actual bug and a yeah. Yeah, flu bug with a virus. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of like ravaged that Leafs dressing room right now. I'm pretty sure. What was it? It was Nyes first and then it was Samsonov and now it's Matthews and Brody. I think I think it was Samsonov first because he oh, missed. Right, Samsonov right, didn't right. even practice for like three weeks. That is very true. It was Samsonov and that, that's why they did end up calling Jones originally. Jones and, then, yeah. and then Wool ended up getting hurt and then now it's Jones or Samsonov and Jones. Um, but yeah, they had... Uh, they had a flu bug hit. Well, I mean, I guess it's already been with them for a bit, but um, Matthews was prepared to uh, travel to the rink. He was there at, I think, I don't know if he was there at morning skate, but they said that everything was looking good with him up until, I, 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 I'm literally going to quote somebody here, up until his pregame nap, he woke up and didn't feel right. <laughs> Like that's oh, like, wow. so I guess it was just after his, his nap, I guess, you know, it, it kind of started hitting him, hitting him bad. Um, and then, uh, and yeah, and then ended up being both him and Brody, but I guess we kind of had a little bit of a facilitator there with Brody being out, uh, cause, uh, Timothy Lilzergren just came back. Um, so I guess he took his spot there on the top pair. Um, and then I think they called up Holmberg almost immediately before the game. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure how he played. I didn't really see him too much last night. Uh, but, I mean, it didn't really matter what how he played. If he, if he played good or bad, I don't think Matthews is going to be out long-term with the flu. Um, uh, yeah, but I guess we'll see what happened. It was just just a complete thrashing there, especially last night. Uh, but it was very surprising to see the scoreline considering, you know, the best offensive player on the Leafs was out and arguably the best defensive player on the Leafs was out. Um, but yeah, I just want to shout out to, uh, to my buddy Jake. Cause he was kind of, he was kind of like joking at me and uh, me and my Leaf fan friends talking about, Oh, we're getting our excuses early our excuses ready. Cause you know, him being a Penguins fan, it was, it was great news for him to see Matthews and Brody out. But, um, 
but I guess it wasn't really good in the end because again the extra point was good. Uh, and and you know Martin when Martin Jones is a 38 save shutout against your team, I, I'm not really sure what else to say. Like he's, but that's also something else I want to talk into because Martin Jones has been like in my opinion pretty good ever since he had to fill in for Joseph Wool after spraining his ankle. Like he's, uh, um, I'm gonna pull up the stats here, he's- but on the season he has a he's three zero and zero, four goals against. One point. Oh, four, right. Yeah, he, uh, he picked up yeah. the win in the game. He came in for Wool. Four total goals against um, for a 1.86 goals against average. He is a 9.49 save percentage and a shutout. Like, I don't think you can ask any more of him considering his job was the third goalie coming into the season, cleared waivers. And it's 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 nice because I don't think we've seen we've seen anything like this in the, I guess, in the Matthews Marner era. Because every time we have a legitimate third goalie, we are forced to waive him at the beginning of the season. And it's always been somebody that's gotten claimed. So we've never had this luxury to have such a good third goalie, to have depth at the position. And and now it's paying off that, you know, I guess usually, the, like, I think we've spoken about this in, in a previous episode, how the Leafs were always fantastic in November. And this November, they weren't really that good. But this December, they've been fantastic. And I think that's been key to key to their success, especially um, without their arguably their number one goalie. And I guess Samsonov as well, um, because both Wool and Samsonov have missed time uh, in in the last few weeks here. And Martin Jones has stepped into his role. Fantastic. Yeah, I've said it since he called up. Uh, I was joking at first. I'm not joking now. He's carrying us to the cup. <laughs> he, uh, he got his taste against Pittsburgh in 2016 with the Sharks, and now yeah. he's uh, coming back for revenge. The funniest thing about Martin Jones, though, is that we've talked about this on the show. He was awful with the Marlies. Yeah. Like, he was even their third goalie, and now he comes up and he's playing great. So, hey, love to see it. Good for him. Um, hope we don't need him too much down the stretch yeah. if Sam, Sammy bounces back and uh, Bull comes back healthy. But uh, the way Sammy's been playing recently, I know he's probably still dealing with that, that, that flu bug or that illness, whatever the hell was ailing him there. Mm-hmm. But uh, not a great outing in that Columbus game. Yeah, that uh, – yeah, he – it was very it was very questionable to see him come in for the, the third period. Um, but, I mean, hey, in the end, they, they did end up coming back but did lose in overtime. I, I don't really think that yeah. overtime goal – was it was definitely a great job by Ken Johnson, like without a doubt, it was yeah. an unbelievable snipe. But that's something that you know, as a starting goalie for a team that just just scored five goals to save you, you you got to make that save. Like I don't think it's a difficult yeah. save. It was a fantastic shot, but like uh, yeah, it shot. was definitely savable. And I think that was the that was the theme in that game. Like if we're being like completely realistic, the the Blue Jackets, like. They like yeah they scored five goals but like in reality if you played a legit like a legit goal and only like two or three of them are going in like I don't know what's going on with Sammy I I think it's what you just said like maybe he's still dealing with something not a hundred percent but the Leafs are kind of like forced forced like to play I guess him because they don't they like he's not somebody that's gonna go on IR for the flu Joey Wool's no. already out Martin Jones is now playing games well like you're gonna call up like a guy like Hildeby and you kind of get like kind of get like your Marley's team shafted but in reality it's like Samsonov's kind of come back and he hasn't been playing playing like fantastic this whole season um and I mean it's kind of been a theme for him the whole year because I don't think he's really had like a very 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 good game um but I mean that Boston one but that's about right it. yeah yeah where it was like that it was yeah super low scoring um but 
yeah, I don't know what's going on. Sammy's got to really pick up his slack here. We got to get like I guess we don't want we don't want playoff Samsonov, but we want like last year regular season Samsonov where he was like he was able to give you a 9-10 like basically daily and and give you that chance to win, especially now that the Leafs are like scoring the second most goals a game. You you got to have you got to have a goalie that at least gets you that at least like holds the other team to like two, three goals a game because if they get to that level, I think Toronto can definitely outscore their opponents. And I guess that's been that's been their 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 motto for for the last little bit. Like offense is the <laughs> yeah. best defense. Um, but in reality, you gotta have a better goalie and and having a guy like Martin Jones, like performing the way he has, like I think we've all seen it firsthand. Like He's been unbelievable. Or I guess the team, I don't know if it's really the team's been unbelievable playing in front of him or he's been un- unbelievable that we only re- like notice the team. But like he had, he had, he saved nine of 10 in his relief appearance against Ottawa. He saved 28 of 31 against New York where they won seven three. And he had 38 of 38 against Pittsburgh and they won seven nothing. So I don't know. Hey, I mean, if like Keith said earlier, like, he's going to play the hot goalie. He was doing that with wool. He said, you got to earn your spot in the crease. And I think Martin Jones has definitely done that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah, if Sammy's going to play uh, like he did against Columbus, then yeah, you might as well go with Jones. Uh, the one thing I will jump in there actually, um, I forget his first name, Sanford, San- Curtis, Curtis Sanford, Curtis, I won't say is their Leafs goalie, yeah. goaltender, goal, oh my God, I can't speak, <laughs> Leafs goalie coach. Um, and I believe the, the thing with leaving Samsonov in, in that game is that, He's he's very down on himself, and he like he has been a lot this year. And like he he kind of is like is like Jack Campbell mm-hmm. with that. And like when he has a bad game, he's telling you about it in in the press and all that stuff. So I think that what they're trying to work with him is his confidence, and they wanted to leave him in because they didn't want the embarrassment of pulling him. So I can understand that like he didn't let another goal for the next twenty minutes, but also the team ultimately lost the game. So is one really worth the other? Um, but that's kind of what Samsonov is also struggling with is the confidence, just the mental aspect of goaltending, which as a not professional level, but as a former goaltender myself, I can tell you that is definitely a huge uh, aspect mm. of the game. Um, but anyways, five goal comeback. And of course, in typical Leafs fashion, every uh, great game, great moment, great milestone has to end in a loss, uh, as did uh, you mentioned earlier, John Tavares getting his 1,000th point on Long Island. Oh, I want to say that was Monday night. Mm-hmm. With, yeah, six seconds left and an assist. That was awesome to see. Awesome to happen against that team that boos him every yeah. single time he's back there. In six the years. Puck. It was really, <laughs> yeah, I was like, get o- come on, guys, get over it. I think you do need him because uh, you've won just about as many cups as we have. Um, but, yes, yeah, so booing him every time he touches the puck. They, they, I think they showed a video where they honored him in the... Uh, the intermission yeah. going into overtime after he hit a thousand points to mixed reception. It wasn't, it wasn't very loud mm-hmm. in there. Um, so yeah, the Islanders fans, you can, you guys can get over yourselves and, uh, JT is ours. And, uh, yeah, JT one K is pretty cool. I think he's the 98th player all time to hit a thousand as one of says what the broadcast mm-hmm. said. I think it was, I think at the time, I, so, yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody said a thousand since then, but, um, I think that's, I think that's no. exactly what it was. Um, I just really want to kind of jump back to just Martin Jones for one more point here. Um, Sure. So I just, courtesy of, uh, of Stat Muse here, uh, Martin Jones has 63 games, uh, 63 playoff games. Wait, is that right? That can't be right. Yeah, he's played 63 playoff games in his career. Yeah. Oh my God, 60 started. No, yeah, I remember yeah. we talked he about started, this too. Yeah, was, yeah, Sharks. He started 60 of them and he's been in 63. Uh, he is a 32 and 27 record. 
which is it's it's not good, but it isn't horrible considering he played on San Jose. Um, he has a nine seventeen and wow. six shutouts, and and a two point three six goals against average. So I'm not I'm not saying anything because obviously it's only I don't even think we're at the thirty game mark here. Um, well, for the Leafs at least, but. I, yeah, I'm not even gonna say anything. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw those stats out there, and we're gonna let the season play out. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to start getting into things that I don't really want to uh, don't really want to finish there. But uh, but yeah, sorry. Fair jumping enough. back into Devaris, I'm gonna ask you a question here because I've seen quite a few of mixed reactions here. I know my dad asked me this question too, and he even he himself didn't really know how to answer this question. With okay. with Tavares hitting 1,000 points. And I, I guess being the 98th person to do so, oh, I 98th think I person to do going. so. I mean, it's it's kind of like a two-parter. As of right now, if he were to retire today, is John Tavares a Hall of Famer? And I'm going to let you answer this, and then I'm going to give you a follow-up okay. question. Okay. So is he a Hall of Famer? Oh, God. That is, that is tough. I'm not, not entirely sure how to answer. Um Okay, I'll, I'll come at this from two perspectives. Is he a Hall of Famer to me? Personally, I wouldn't say so. Because when I think of Hall of Fame, and as someone who worked yeah. at the Hockey Hall of Fame, <laughs> I know there's a lot of people that are in there that were really good players, but I yeah. don't know if they are Hall of Famers. Like The Hall of Fame is supposed to be reserved for like the top of mm-hmm. the top. And... Well, Tavares, I think, has been an elite player his entire career. Obviously, yeah, 1,000 points. I don't think he has any hardware. I know he was, like, third in heart voting when Price won in mm-hmm. 2015. And I want to say Ted Lindsay as well. Um, I don't know where he's at goals-wise in his career because I know there's also that marker that I think it's... Um, I forget who right now, but there's only one player with 600 goals or more that's not in the mm-hmm. Hockey Hall of Fame. So everyone else who hits that clip gets in. I don't think he's close to it right now, but by the end of his career, mm-hmm. he could be. Um, yeah, that, that's a tough question because, again, I love the guy. And just going off of who's gotten in yeah. so far, I feel like he would if he retired mm-hmm. today. I feel like he would still get in. Maybe not in three. Probably not first ballot, but he would eventually yeah, get in. Yeah, that's fair. And so I think he will end up being a Hockey Hall of Famer at some point. Again, probably not first ballot, depending on... I don't know, maybe if the Leafs win a cup and he wins yeah. a consummate, because I don't think he's getting, I don't think he's hitting any other individual hardware. I don't think he's, it is a MVP uh-huh. form or Rocket Richard form anymore. Um, but personally, I think my standards are a little bit higher mm. for Hall of Famers. So personally, I would not consider him one, but I think he, he would get in based off his stats today. Fair enough. Um, okay, and now for the second part of this question, and I'll, I'll, I'll answer both of these questions after. Um, yeah. But now for the second part of this question. Um, you know, I don't like, what is he? He's what? 34 right now. Um, Uh, let's say he plays another five seasons. He obviously will not be playing at this level come his final season in the NHL, but after his final season in the NHL, hypothetically, we're going to say five years at that point will be he hall of famer. Well, I think that's what I was just kind of saying. Is like to me, still probably not again unless they go off and like win a because like rings obviously boost your status, 
hardware booster status. So yeah, unless they win a championship with him as captain or multiple, especially, mm. or if he picks up like a Consmith or something, then I would say okay, yeah, deserving. But even based off his stats right yeah. now, like I, I think he would probably get into the Hall of Fame mm. eventually. I'm actually just gonna pull it up to see where he is at goals wise. Yeah, 436 goals. So let's say he scored like what, like 30 ish goals for the past. Like most of his mm. career, he's been roughly a 30 goal scorer with a handful of seasons above that. So, finishes out this year, let's say it's 30, so about 450. Mm. Yeah, you're you're getting close. You're probably over 500. You're getting close to 600. So, yeah, I would say in five years' time, he still would be a Hall of Famer. Especially, again, even his stats today. I think he retires. He's 1,000 points, 400 goals. Like, he's also one of those guys that, despite never winning any trophies or anything he's like maybe not anymore because of the big contract and he's a leaf so it's people like to hate on them but especially when he's on the island he was like always revered as one of the top stars mm-hmm. in the league despite them not being a great team and him not really winning any hardware so i think he just has that respect around the league that the voters would would put him in there yeah um yeah pretty much like i like i really don't disagree with anything you said i think we kind of share the same uh viewpoint on on where he ends up um, but I was doing the math earlier, and if he uh, continues at his uh, point-per-game pace that he's currently at and plays every game the rest of the season, he will be sitting at 1,060 points. That would put him 76th all-time. Wow. Now, if you did... Higher than I thought. Now, I think uh, he's... I'm not necessarily sure he's like exactly point-per-game, um, but I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with 0.75 points per game, and we're going to carry that. We're going to say the next five years, if he's at 0.75 points per game, um, we're going to, uh, let's do this math quickly here. 82 times five is 410 times 0.75. Okay. And plus 1,060. So if he continues at a 0.75 point per game pace, for the next five seasons after this one, he will be at 1,367 points. So I took into mm. account his his pace of play dropping with the 0.75 because I think his career average is in the eights. Um, would put him at 1,367.5 points. So 3,000 or sorry, 1,368 points, we'll say. If he were to achieve that... He would be 28th all time in the NHL for points. And let's just say everybody on the first page of that I'm looking at, everybody in the top 50 is in the Hall of Fame or or is in the Hall of Fame or will be in the Hall of Fame. Because this also includes guys like Patrick Kane and Evgeny Malkin. And those guys are obviously those guys are obviously Hall of Fame bound and including Ovi and Crosby because those guys obviously are both top 16 realistically it isn't it isn't like an absurd question to ask i definitely right now do not believe he is because like you said there are better players that definitely deserve to be in over him that aren't and he isn't i don't think he's going to be a first ballot at this point in time but you know like from from what i from the calculations i just did it's it isn't something that is a, is like an absurd question to ask because by then he'll be probably top 50 all time in both goals and assists. And then he'll be in the top, 
whatever I just said, top 28 for points. Passing, uh, John laughing, passing Brendan Shanahan for 28th overall. Because he's at, he's at <laughs> oh 1,354. So at, with these calculations, Tavares would pass him by 14 points. And would be, and would be one point behind Johnny Busick for 27th. So wow. I think it's actually a very interesting question. Because it's also interesting looking at this list because Matt Sundin would even be passed by John Tavares. Because oh, Sundin really? is 30th wow. right now, all time. So it, it's definitely an interesting question to ask. I definitely think it's very possible. And obviously, I think to guarantee something like this, he would have to win some form of hardware, whether it's a legitimate individual award, but most importantly, obviously, a team award such as... Mm-hmm. Such as the Stanley Cup, I don't really think the President's Trophy really holds much value in terms of in no. terms of uh, you know individual individual play. Um, no, but no, it's definitely a question that you got to think of because it's uh, it's pretty ridiculous to think about it now. How like you know he's he's played fifteen seasons and he passes and he passes one thousand point mark. Can he get another five hundred points in another five seasons? Probably not. Can he get Probably can he not, get another three hundred and fifty points in the next five seasons? I don't Probably. I don't think that's anywhere close to impossible. I think that's uh that's a pretty good question to ask. But yeah, I, I figured I'd ask you just because I wanted to see what your opinion was on that. Because I feel like everybody I ask kinda has genuinely the same same reaction, kinda like what we both just said. Um But no, it's actually pretty cool to see because obviously he's a fantastic player. He's probably been one of the most consistent players in the league. I think he's always been relatively mm-hmm. close to point per game throughout his entire career. Um, so, um, yeah, so I figured I'd just ask you, and it's good because, like, I kind of, like like I just said, like, everybody kind of shares the same, um, same reaction and has the same answer. Um, so, yeah, no, I just thought I'd, uh, thought I'd ask what, uh, what you'd think on that. Yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting question, which I think I actually, um, maybe not gain respect, but gain some more, um, like, like it bumped up my chances of me personally putting him in with the stats you kind of dropped yeah. on me there. If he, if he does produce it to the, to that level for the next yeah. five seasons, which, uh, I didn't realize, yeah, he would be that high up. Like I know, again, I know a thousand points is a big deal and he was top hundred all time scoring, but that's, uh, didn't realize how much farther he could jump yeah. with, uh. So you say only, but yeah, only like three hundred points. I didn't realize we put him top yeah. thirty. And, so, obvious, uh, and obviously, I, I, those I, are I still think he has a. Yeah, solid and obviously, bid. those are just like those are just calculations done on my phone calculator. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, things will be much different. But I'm just I kind of took into his career point per game. I want to say it's like point eight, and I kind of dropped it to point seven five because I still feel like he can be that point eight point per game guy for the next two three seasons, and then kind of maybe drop off to average it out to seven point five. I think so. Um, yeah. Or 0.75. Um, but uh, but no, it's honestly a pretty cool question to ask because obviously like guys like Patrick Kane and Malkin are, are way ahead of him, but they also have a lot more games played than him. Like I think Tavares also like recently passed the 1,000 game mark at the end of last season. So uh, guys mm. like Kane, Kane has an extra two seasons worth of games on him. Malkin has an extra season worth of games on him. Like obviously, I'm not saying he's gonna catch Malkin and Kane because there are there are 200 more points than him, but 
if he were to get those same amount of games played, like he's going to be like 1,100 and something. He's only going to be a hundred and something like below each of those guys. And those guys are absolute locks. But the difference between Tavares and those guys, obviously is both those guys won multiple cups. They've all won three cups and Tavares hasn't done anything. And I guess he's an individual. Yeah, exactly. And and obviously, yeah, Kane and Malkin have both won plenty of their, their hardware. Um, And Tavares, I guess he's always been like, he's always been that insanely consistent guy but he's never been a league leading scorer. He's never been um, considered. He yeah, was. he's never been considered uh, like an elite defensive player. He's never been considered a. I don't even know what else to say here. Like he's kind of been extremely well balanced in a good way because his game, like in aspects of all his game, like he's fantastic. Um, but like. Like I want, like, is there, is it something that you sit there and say, yeah, his, like, maybe he didn't win these individual or not individual hardware. I guess you can consider that too, but even these team hard, like team hardware, like the Stanley cup, like, do you consider that kind of like null and void in the argument because he played on long Island and they didn't really have anything going when they were, when he was there, considering he was their best player and they surrounded him with extremely average guys. Um, I don't know because it's interesting to see because like obviously he was a part of the all rookie team he's a six-time all-star i don't know if he was first first team all-star in all those appearances but i know he's six time um i want to um i was gonna say i want to say he was first team at least 2015 because again he was very high up at hard yeah. voting and be- because of jb band's four point game in the last game yeah. of the season he passed Tavares to win yeah. the art ross because he, I think he had like yeah. eighty six points or something. And then Ben finished with eighty seven. So yeah, he nearly, nearly had an Art Ross. Uh, exactly, but like obviously he's won almost everything you can outside the NHL. Like I don't know, did he win the yeah. Memorial Cup? I couldn't be sure, but I know he won. He definitely won. Ooh, he definitely. I don't think that London he definitely was did. a goal scoring leader in the OHL. He definitely wasn't all rookie in the OHL. He he definitely wasn't all rookie in the CHL. All all star in the CHL. Like. Um, and then obviously internationally, he was on the 2010 team, but I don't think he technically played games. Um, because I remember like seeing the videos with him on the ice after the golden goal. I don't think he was playing at the time. I think he might've just been reserve. Um, but I guess you consider that if you consider that an Olympic gold medal, he is two because he was on the 2014 team as well. Yeah. He was, was where he broke yeah, his leg. Spangler cup champ, world, world cup of hockey champ. Um, I'm not really, he played in the Spangler uh, cup. I oh my gosh! It was early 2010s. I can't remember the year. Really? Uh, I just remember. I just remember wow. him winning that. Um, and then you also have World Juniors because you know there was that game where he, what do you have that hat trick in the final or something or whatever it was or to send them to the final. I can't remember exactly what that was, but um, I'm pretty sure he is an all star for the World Juniors. I'm pretty sure he was an MVP in the Juniors. Like uh, I'm pretty sure he might have won multiple gold medals with those Canadian teams in the early 2010s. Um, I think he did. But he's just, like, he's he's won almost everything you can outside of the NHL because he's been on some insanely good teams. And, you know, in the NHL now, he's played with the Islanders, who I'm not going to say were insanely good. I think, what, he only won one or two playoff series with them, too. Um, I think it was one. So... Yeah, so in the end, it's like, do you sit here and do you sit here and say, well, the teams he was on weren't good, 
and he still was a fantastic player. Like it's it's one of those things that like I guess you kind of have to wait and see. But I figured I'd ask your opinion on them because I feel like it's definitely something that you know as a Leaf fan and somebody that like is our captain and and you know like I like I personally love him as a player. I, I can't speak for you too. I can only hope yeah. that you do. Um, but yeah, I think it's but it's been uh, it's been a good good six years with Tavares, and I guess we'll just see what happens. But I definitely think if he can continue on with what I said, he could. I think he can definitely uh, definitely be a Hall of Fame candidate. Yeah, I agree, and uh, also helps that surrounding him are a couple early Hall of Fame candidates, and Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, yeah, and yeah. William Nylander, who have been going off this season and been going off as of late especially yeah, exactly yeah it's uh they they've they've had a good last few games here i guess since our last episode they've played uh well i guess nine games but matthew's only playing eight because matthew's obviously missed. missing yesterday yeah. um but yeah both matthews and marner have 14 points since the last uh since the last episode marner with 14 and nine and matthew's 14 and eight um and I think what's most important is Matthews has nine goals in his last four game, or 14 games, which is good that we're kind of seeing a little bit more consistency out of him. Hopefully that continues after he uh, finishes with his flu bug. Um, and then Marner somehow with eight goals in 14 games, which is kind of weird to see him score score so many goals in such a short time frame. Um, and to see, see a guy like Nylander, who's always been, well, not always, but in his last season, two seasons, has been more known for a goal scorer having only three goals in his last 13 games, but he settles that with 10 assists with for 13 points in nine games. Um, yeah, they've been, they've been really good as of late. Obviously uh, we've kind of, I said that at the beginning, they have six, six, uh, six, Oh, one record um, all, uh, sorry. I think that's three regulation wins four regulation wins, but the most important thing is zero regulation losses. Yeah. So they've gotten a point in every game since our last uh, episode here. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add into into that or kind of jump into that next point, but no, they've been uh, they've had a very good last few games. I know they've had their their share of losses over the last few games, but I think they've definitely played uh, offensively a lot better. Yeah, definitely. And just one quick thing about Matthews, uh, I forget the exact numbers, but I was looking at this the other day um, before the Pittsburgh game where he had another multi-goal game. But this season, he has more multi-goal games than he has single-goal games, which is ridiculous. And he's up to, like, I forget the exact stat, but I think he's, like, 23-ish goals, and he's only played, like, 27 or 28 games. Like, he's he's getting up there in goals per yeah. game now, like which is uh, pretty ridiculous. And, yeah, it seems every time he scores, he's bound to score another one that yeah. same night. But, uh, yeah. Um, with him being out of the lineup last night, though, uh, Keith did have to kind of shuffle the lines around a little bit and did not do my suggestion of Noah Gregor first line center. <laughs> to, uh, I was a little bit disappointed with that. But we ended up uh, actually reuniting Max Domi and Mitch Marner, who played together in the OHL with the London Knights. And uh, <laughs> uh, it actually went pretty well because uh, the Leafs don't actually have a Max Domi conundrum <laughs> as uh, Jonas Siegel said Yeah, he did. I, I, w- I was kind of laughing at... Uh I was kind of laughing when I saw that that uh, what should I call? I'm losing the word here. Article by uh, by Jonas. Uh, it's it's very funny to see him say that because I think Max Domi, albeit he hasn't really played for uh, the greatest teams in uh, in his career. Obviously, with Arizona, Montreal, Columbus, like you can even talk about Chicago last year. Um, I guess even Carolina, but and Dallas. But I wouldn't really think that he. I wouldn't consider him. 
him being there. I don't really think he played too too much with either of those teams. Um, but for a guy who played one, the first line center, one C for for the teams that I listed, and he's now your third line center. Um, for a guy who's like what half points per game. Um, yeah, it's, around there, yeah. It's it's very funny to see an article like that, considering the Leafs are such a top heavy team, and to see their third like other than Kadri, have they had a third line center in the in the Matthews Marner era that was half points per game? Because, um, because when it was when Kerfoot had that 40, 50 point year, that was when he was playing wing. So yeah. I don't even think they've had a, a third line center record this much um, because it's always been David Camp for the last few years. I was going to say David Camp. No, his he, his career high in points was last year twenty seven. Year before the yeah. So he they they haven't received this much offense out of their third line center. And to think that you know such for such a top heavy team, this is a conundrum. Uh, I don't. Oh, I guess technically Ryan O'Reilly when he was here for his twenty. That's games fair. Last year was but I think. But I think bit. if anything, he was playing more at second line center with Tavares on the wing. Yeah, 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 but yeah, like yeah. they had they had like a hand, like ten game yeah. stretch of him at third line, and, and yeah, that's <laughs> to your point though is yeah they needed to address this, and they went out and did it last year with O'Reilly. He left, and now Domi's been that uh, that yeah. filler. Yeah, so I think I think yeah I think for you know to talk about Max Domi sitting here and you know having being a Leafs conundrum, it's kind of I don't know. I disagree. I like I think a lot of people disagree because they think it's yeah. not a very logical thing to say. I don't really know where he was coming from with that. Um, but, you know, to further on what Jonah said in the article, proceeded to say, oh, like, they should move on and, you know, maybe go for a guy like Scott Lawton. Um, like, I think Scott Lawton is a fantastic player. I think he's a great, he would be a great bottom six ad for this Leafs team. He brings that physicality and also brings that offense that, you know, from from the bottom six that maybe we don't see too much. Um but to say that he is a better option at third line center over Max Domi, I think personally is is hilarious because uh, I think Max Domi has been fantastic this year. Um, you could even tie this into to Tyler Bertuzzi. I don't think either player has performed bad. I think both of them have been great. I just don't think that these stats or the lack of stats kind of do them do them well because. Bertuzzi is what at like what 10 11 12 or maybe 12 points because he had three points last night so he's under point per game and he's played most of his time on that on on the top line with or on the sorry one of the top lines with but now with uh Tavares and Marner um he has 12 and 18 or sorry 12 points in 28 games and yeah, the offense isn't there, but when you see Bertuzzi forecheck, he's like about at a hell. It's it's unbelievable. Like I yeah. think He's always on the puck. He's always puck hunting. Last night, I guess it was against like a very lackluster like defense with Pittsburgh, but with three assists last night, like that was unbelievable. And he was getting some or power play time, but I guess it was kind of because they were they were kind of like mixing everybody up. But he had a great game last night, and I don't really think it's. I sorry, I'm from the start of the season where it was getting to the point where he was getting benched. I think he's been fantastic in the second half of the year and i think he's definitely been a guy that keith has now been able to rely on in games because with guys like matthews marner 
Tavares and Nylander, I don't really consider them, any of them, like insane forechecking guys. Like Matthews and Marner both cause no. a lot of turnovers, but I wouldn't sit there and say that they cause, that they, that they generate a lot of forecheck. When you get guys like Matthew Nyes and Tyler Bertuzzi on those lines with those guys, Noah and Gregor. yeah, I guess even Noah Gregor too, like those guys just fly. They, they eat, they have a mix of size. They have a mix of physicality. They have a mix of uh, speed. They have, like they're they're all good in their own zone. They're all good in the offensive zone. They they all know what they're doing when they're tracking the puck. They might not generate a turnover every single time, but just watching them, like their legs do not stop moving. They are chasing whoever has the puck regardless of where the puck goes. And it's it's kind of like very refreshing to see that because we've always seen a very lackluster defensive effort from forwards in the past. And it's finally good to see, you know, building out of the back with some of these with, with forwards this time. And now I guess it's just a matter of, can you do that now with defense? Because you didn't really address that in the off season. So I wonder if they can finally do something to address the defense. Like, like, look, they're not horrible. They're league average in every, def- basically every defensive stat. But, you can't be a league average defensive team and expect to go far in the playoffs. Like offense only gets you so no. far, especially for this Leafs team whose offense seems to dissipate in the playoffs. So you got to have, if you have both, <laughs> if you have both good offense and good defense, you can kind of survive when one disappears, but when both disappear, it's, it's not a good scene because obviously it happened in the Florida series, you know, losing in five games when both offense, I guess defense wasn't really bad, but when the off, when you have an average defense and your offense disappears completely, you, you, you win one of four games or one of five games, I guess it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but yeah, going back to like Bertuzzi and stuff and even Domi, it's, it's refreshing to see this stuff happen because I guess even Domi's at 17 points, like, oh, he's over points per game. I thought he was a lot closer to thing. I guess three points last night really sprung him. Um, but yeah, he's under 13 minutes a game and he's 17 and 28. Like that's like, I don't really know what conundrum Jonas is talking about, but yeah, there's no, yeah, there's yeah. no conundrum here. Yeah. So I'll let you go on. But, but yeah, um, well, well, yeah, you said, uh, they address the offense, not so much the defense. Uh, he Trilliving tried to address the defense and ended up in a season long injury with, uh, John Klingberg and uh, a couple depth defense when we didn't think we'd be seeing other than the Marlies that have actually stepped up and uh, been playing pretty well. I've actually been pretty impless, impressed with uh, uh, William Lagason. Yeah. I just forgot yeah. his first name. I think that's yeah Lagason and Simon Benoit. Benoit has been actually like a revelation. Like that guy played with Klingberg in Anaheim last year, and both of their numbers were mm-hmm. brutal. And uh, people thought it was because. Benoit maybe wasn't an NHL caliber defenseman, but he's he's holding his own. He's big. He's physical. I'm, I'm liking the way he's playing. And some of these depth signings, yeah, uh, outside of Domi and Burt that Trilliving brought in in the offseason are actually like really showing their worth and have, are kind of stepping up bigger or in in bigger spots than I thought they would have. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting because I think I saw. I don't know. I don't know if you saw it, but I saw a clip on Twitter, and I don't think I've ever seen a single Leafs D man do this. It was Simon Benoit last night in front of the net, clearing it, clearing in like the clearing that slot. Was it him boxing out in front of the net? Because yeah, (laughs) like it was such a breath of fresh air. Because I don't think I've ever seen a single like D man in recent memory do that for the Leafs. But um, like, well, I guess other than Luke Shen, like, like I was still pretty upset that that you know they didn't bring Shen back. But I mean, at two point seven five million, like for a guy that's always been kind of like a bottom pair guy. 
Um, I understand mm-hmm. why they didn't. But, you know, Benoit obviously wearing Luke Shen's too. It's, uh, it's kind of, it's, yeah, it's like, like what I said earlier. It's like a breath of fresh air. It's nice to see teams do that and realize, um, and you realize that, okay, well, they cause these scrums now after whistles because they don't read, like, no team is expecting the Leafs to get physical and to get scrummy, like, to do this stuff in their own zone. And, and now it seems like every, like, even yesterday, like, there was maybe like six, seven like scrums after the whistles where like pe- people were actually getting into fights. Um, but I think one sneaky, sneaky, interesting thing about Simon Benoit is that he is a restricted free agent at the end of the year. Oh, right. I because he was not that. qualified by Anaheim and I believe he's only 25 or 26 years old. So therefore he's not eligible for, wow. uh, not eligible for uh, UFA. Or at least this year. I believe next year he is, but this year he is not. Yeah, but wow, like, that's a couple of sneaky pay. Yeah. Like, no, no Gregor also the Sharks is either. Gregor also an RFA? No, he's a UFA. No, uh, you know, he's yeah. UFA expiry gotcha. this year. Last but, uh, year he was an RFA yeah, yeah, last yeah. year, and the Sharks just didn't ten- didn't yeah. qualify him. So I guess same thing with Benoit. Interesting. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to think about that, just because obviously the Leafs have. Uh, oh my God, we are we are actually dumb. Noah Gregor is RFA with arbitration rights. Is he really? I thought he was 27. Oh my God. I thought he was 26 last year, turning 27. He's 25 years old. Oh, wow. He's 25. Simon Benoit is 25. Lajoie, albeit only played a few games, is also an RFA. With all these guys not being tendered by their old teams, obviously, I think they were just trying to clear more contract spaces than cap because none of those guys were really on like legitimate deals. Um, but honestly, I just want to kind of like shut out or sorry, shout out Noah Gregor here, uh, kind of holding out all off season and even training camp to stick around on a PTO with Toronto. Um, yeah, they. I don't know what they told that guy, but he is he's been a trooper. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty unbelievable for them because it was. I don't understand how he wasn't signed. Like like we're not going to sit here and say like he's an unbelievable player, but for a guy that's playing four third line minutes. Um, you know, he has five goals in 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 twenty eight games. When was the last time we had a bottom six player? Well, I guess he plays bottom line more than anything. When was the last yeah, time we've had a fourth liner. liner score more than five goals in the first thirty games of the season? Couldn't tell you because it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> David Camp. It wasn't. Um, I can't even remember who was like the rotating cast of fourth liners. Like Simmons, had, but, um, I guess was always there. I don't think Simmons ever had five oh, goals in yeah. the season. Um. Yeah, it's honestly pretty like like Richie. Obviously, I don't consider bottom like because he was playing top line with the Leafs at the point. Um, he was playing top but, line. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just funny to see this stuff because I don't know how they got him to hold out. He he only has like he before this season he had under two hundred games played in the NHL. He had sixty three wow. games played in twenty one twenty two, and last year he had fifty seven. So, um. <laughs> I don't know what they told this guy, what what's what they said that what role they'd give him if they promised him an eight million dollar contract after the season. Like I have no clue what they told this guy like to Subban. stick around. Uh to stick around, hold out all that time on a PTO. Cause I guarantee you other teams are calling him. He yeah, yeah, he isn't like a Toronto born guy. Like he's like he's Canadian, yeah, he he's from? from Alberta. Oh, so I don't know what what they were telling him to stick around, but he stuck around. 
Like, even Bobby McMahon scoring his first goal, like, the other night, or last night, sorry. Like, he's obviously in our, our UFA at the end of the season, but he's been playing under the league men for the last two years at 7, or 7, 6, 2, 5. Like, well, it, it's just interesting to see, because, like, yes, the Leafs have a lot of, like, pending UFAs this year, with obviously Nylander, Bertuzzi, Domi, uh, Brody, uh, and then obviously both goalies and Samsonov and Jones, but... They also have a lot of RFAs with Robertson, Greger, Lilligren, Benoit, Lajoie. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of guys. Uh, a lot of guys that were brought in on just those one-year deals. And um, I guess it's funny to see yesterday yeah, with... So- with uh, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to say something quick. Uh, you, uh, you know, all these depth signings that are, are, I guess, like sneaky guys that maybe Dubas had signed over the last few years or drafted over the last few years and, and Nyes... Um, in in Holmberg, in I guess you can consider Robertson, in McMahon, uh, in in Timmins, in uh, yeah, like even Joey Wool. Yeah, like well, that was that was Lou. Lou drafted him, but like, but like Dubas gave him that that contract where he the three years the yes, three yeah, years yeah, under yeah, under yeah, yeah, three years like yeah. under eight hundred k yeah. Oh, it was, it was, it was. I guess not really wool because he wasn't playing yesterday. But it's, it's really funny to see a lot of those guys that he signed go off against Kyle Dubas and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, I see where you're going with that. Because yeah, all these yeah, guys yeah. were signed to go off under his tenure, they didn't really do as well as as everybody kind of hoped they would. And then against the Penguins yesterday, <laughs> now the Dubas led Penguins. They all play right, crucial yes, right. roles in winning seven nothing. Like it was very funny <laughs> and to his see. First that. Game back in yeah, Toronto. and his first game back in Toronto. I felt like after uh, every right. goal they panned to him and Spetsa in the press box. He's oh, he's clutching yeah, his suit. It's like 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 as a guy who who kind of like got into his his university program in in uh, like kind of to take take after Dubis. Um, it was definitely like I all always think of him as a guy that like I idolized. But it also kind of was it, it. It was almost like sweet revenge. Like after doing what he did, <laughs> uh, kind of like going back and countering uh, with that money after kind of accepting and all that stuff. Like I don't want to get into all that specifics because we kind of spoke about that in the first episode. Um, but and and plus, I don't think we really know the whole story. Uh, no. It, it, it kind of felt like it was kind of like sweet revenge. Like he kind of left. He took Spezza with him. He took some of the staff with him. He he went to Pittsburgh. He made all these moves with Pittsburgh that you would have only dreamed of him doing in Toronto. Like, and then you beat him seven nothing. Like I understand we lost to them last <laughs> week or two weeks ago three two, but the Leafs were the better team that game and they lost. Now this game, the Leafs were the better team by far, and they slapped them seven nothing. Like it was just, it was unbelievable. It felt so nice to see. I guess not even just just against Dubas and Pittsburgh. Like I guess we also had that with New York. We've kind of always been waiting this whole season for a game where we just kind of blasted the other team. Because yeah. I feel like we've always gotten that a few times over the last few seasons, and we have we haven't really gotten that this year. I think we have like we have like a seven three win against many like in the second game of the year, and then like a seven three or seven four against the Rangers a few days ago. Um, but we've never had such a complete showing from offense, defense, and goaltending like we did yesterday against Pittsburgh. No, which is good to see because they that this uh. This team's been clicking. They've been winning games. They have a good yeah. record, but like, like watching them, their record looks a little bit better than they've played yeah. sometimes. And uh, 
but the record still is pretty good and then, like i think you have the some of the stats here let you speak to them but they're they're do not do bad and doing do in the, oh my god i can't speak they're uh not, not doing too bad in the division in the standings and uh looking like they're starting to click a little bit more here and could go on a run uh only better where they're they're currently sitting yeah they they i don't know what it is with uh, the NHL scheduling, but it seems like everybody in the Leafs division, uh, aside from the Senators, has already hit the thirty-game mark or more. Um, oh, I think I think it's Bruins. Sweden. Sorry, Bruins are at twenty-nine. So the Bruins have one more game played, but the Leafs are at twenty-eight games, and everybody aside from the Bruins and Senators are at thirty or more. Um, so the Leafs obviously have a few games in hand here, but they are tied for second in the division with Florida, but currently hold the. Uh, division tiebreaker to put them second over them because of, I believe it's goal differential. Um, and then, but they have two games in hand on Florida. So realistically they are ahead of Florida. Um, they are five points behind the Bruins, but have one game in hand on the Bruins. So if they win that game in hand, they're three points behind the division lead. And for a team that like a month ago was like 10 points behind the division lead. I think that's pretty good. Uh, in the conference, they're third behind the Bruins and the Rangers whom they both recently played and they beat the Rangers. And I think they played the Bruins twice and lost both times. Is that, or they only played once. They played twice. They played twice. They, yeah, yeah. The Leafs, the Leafs lost in shootout and lost in overtime. Oh, right. Um, Yeah. So they're third in the conference and overall in the league, they're sixth. And for a team that, you know, started out like very shaky, and for a team that, sorry, in the top seven in the entire league, no team has given up more than 80 goals. The Leafs have given up 90. Wow. Uh, but they've also scored 106 goals. So uh, it is Jesus. what it is. Like, I think I think in total, they have, uh, the Abs have scored 107. The Canucks have scored 116. And Vegas has scored 107. But every team I just mentioned has played more games than them. So that's why their goals for per game is is second in the league. Because obviously they might not be second in go- total goals, but they haven't played as many games as some of these other teams. So, um, yeah. But yeah, so in yeah going back, they're yeah, five points behind the division lead with a game in hand on Boston. Uh, tied with Florida, two games in hand, and they're sixth in the entire league. Uh, so, so yeah. really, it's now a matter of how well they can perform and if they can keep this going. Yeah, definitely. Which, uh, like I think we've said a couple of times now, is uh, what's, what's, what's the month called? Oh my god, uh, November was it was uh, typically their their best month uh, going back the past like four or five seasons, and uh, wasn't too great this year, but looked like December's a lot better. So. Uh, forget what their upcoming schedule is like where did i have that i'm gonna see who they can who they're gonna be facing before our next episode they oh yeah they got the rangers again at the sabers and at the, the blue jackets the rest of this like calendar year isn't really too hard for them they have yeah columbus twice ottawa buffalo the rangers and the hurricanes who they just beat up on the rangers who will probably be looking for revenge but carolina just waved anti-ranta i think you said they're like what bottom five and yeah, they're not, the not doing too hot so uh looking like the leafs can go on a stretch here and only only improve their standing right now yeah exactly it's just a matter of how well they can do uh, i'm not really sure like when our 
what our schedule is going to be for releasing the next episode, but I can only imagine it'll be the weekend yeah. of the uh, hurricanes just because we kind of want to get one in before New Year's. But after Christmas, it kind of just a matter of... Uh, of uh, when Alex is healthy because this guy always seems to have something going on. Um, but uh, but no, yeah, they play the Rangers at home. Then they go away to the Sabres and they play the Blue Jackets. Um, again, so maybe hopefully that's entertaining. They play the Blue Jackets two more times in the next two weeks. Yeah. I did not realize that. Uh, I, I believe I'm going to the game against the Senators. Could be wrong. I believe that's the next-gen game, so I'm not really sure what's going on with that. Uh, oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, Jackets, sends Jackets, and then Hurricane. So we will see what happens then. The Leafs only, yeah, they, nothing too crazy on the schedule. I don't really think they have any back-to-backs on the schedule upcoming. It's kind of just, like, normal games. Uh, Columbus, Carolina, 29-30. Right, 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 the back, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I guess we'll kind of just see what happens with that. But, you know, the Leafs are... They the last ever since our last episode they're rolling. Nylander's seventh seventh yep. in the league in points. Uh, Matthew seventeenth, obviously missing games. Marner eighteenth, like goals for obviously Matthews still one, even though playing less games than everybody else on that list. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy what's going on. I didn't know if you had anything else to add in regards to uh, any any recent NHL news that you kind of wanted to touch on before uh, before we get. Before we end the episode here, because I don't really think anything major has happened. Like we haven't really seen any uh, any insane blockbusters other than Thomas Tatar going from Colorado to to, to Seattle. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I don't really think there has been uh, has been anything notable going up, or, or I guess from the last episode till now. So uh, I don't know if you wanted to add anything else. No, no, not been too much going around around the league. I uh, don't really expect too much before the end of the year anyway, so it'll probably be in the new year. We'll start seeing some more trades, especially with uh, hopefully the Leafs can uh, address the defense eventually, but uh hasn't been too bad yeah. recently. Yep, that's about it. Alrighty. Well, with that, yeah, stay tuned to at uh, Carlton's Pod on socials, Twitter, and Instagram for our schedule. I think Anthony's finally going to make an actual Instagram <laughs> post aside from his story. Long enough. And uh, yeah, and yeah, so uh, I'll catch you guys later in a couple of weeks.